I am missing my clicker. But as I try to find my clicker, I also want to show you, um, I found it. First place I looked, and it's always the last place you look for it to, because of course we don't keep looking for something after we have found it. All right. This is my Lego set. Uh, yeah, my Lego set of Starry Night, Vincent Van Gogh. Starry Night, here we are. It's got something like 2,800 pieces, and it took hours and hours and hours to build. Madison helped me build it. He and I, we divided it into about eight different times. And here's Starry Night. And since we need some beauty and some art, I am going to stick Starry Night up here. And, uh, well, Starry Night's not doing so well. Uh, the, the stars are falling off. Okay, well, anyway, all kinds of things are going off and falling off. But there's, there's, there's Starry Night. Our scripture today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 8. Hear the word of the Lord today. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, use your servants' lips, your people's ears and hearts, that as they are joined together today, the seed of your word might be planted and brought forth with a resurrection joy. Amen and amen. I really do love my Lego, my Lego Vincent Van Gogh set here, and, and I'm going to take it over to Madison, who can, who can re-strengthen it and get it back like it's supposed to be, and then he can bring it up to me when he's gotten it sort of back in place and make sure that all the little play, there's, there's a star somewhere, I don't know where it went, but you, you can find it. Not a starry night without a star. There are all sorts of things that we use the word love to describe. I love Legos. I love pizza. I love most things that are sweet. I especially love coffee. In fact, I have asked Paul to explore how I can have a small little shelf here so that I can place my coffee right here beside the pulpit because I love coffee. We use that word in many different ways 
in the English language. We say to our sweetheart on Valentine's Day, I love you so much, pudding lump. And there's a special, there's a special word for that. In the Greek language, it's eros, from which we get the word erotic. It is the love between a man and a woman. It's the love that is romantic. It is the love that draws people together. But it's not the love that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. There's another kind of love, the love of friendship. We are friends. That word is... In Greek, we call it love. I love my friends. I, I tell my friends I love you all the time. I love you, man. But in Greek, there's a special word for that, philos, which is the same root of the word Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And so there is this love of friends, this friendship kind of love, but that's not the kind of love that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. There's the love in one's family. You didn't choose your brothers or your sister or your mother or your father. You didn't choose your cousins or the family members that lived three houses down. They just sort of were there when you were born and you've been stuck with them to some degree or another ever since, or there may have been for, for some of you transition points in life where, where you entered into a family that you've been stuck with ever since, but the word for the love of family is storge. It's those who are close to you, the people you didn't really have a choice. It even extends to the person in the cubicle next to you. If you have a cubicle that's 20 cubicles long, you're going to like the person next to you and be more loyal to that person than you will be to the person 15 cubicles down, only because you're closer to them and you interact more frequently. Storge, it's a real kind of love for mother, father, brother, sister, neighbor, not Legos. All right, here we go. I'm going to try to stick Starry Night back up again. All right. That's not working. So, Storge is, is the love for those that are close to us, for those we are near, we may or may not have chosen them, our next-door neighbor, the family you're born into, the family you end up with. But that's not the kind of love that we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the focus is on this different kind of love called agape. Now, if you really want to uh, impress your, your theological friends, you will go out and you will buy the uh, Bauer Art Danger Gingrich Bauer Danger Art Gingrich, uh, Greek lexicon, and that describes this, this agape love in this way. The quality of warm regard for an interest in another, esteem, affection, regard, love, without limitation to very intimate relationships, and very seldom is it found in the Greek language of sexual attraction. So this, this agape is primarily a 
non-intimate kind of love. And while we use this text at weddings all the time, love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or prideful or boastful, while we use this at weddings all the time, it's not about the love between a husband and a wife. It's about the love of one Christian for another, of one believer for another. It's the kind of love that God gives to us and we are to take out into the world. And it's so important that this whole chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, is devoted to it. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and angels, if I experience this ecstatic utterance, or if I'm just a nerd and have learned 14 different languages. But if I do not have love, all I'm doing is babbling. I'm just babbling. And if I have prophetic powers where stuff kind of happens, and if I understand all kinds of mysteries, have this deep insight and all knowledge, and if I have faith and believe the right things so as to remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. Now keep in mind that the devil has pretty good theology. There's not much in the Apostles' Creed that the devil will argue with simply what to do with it. If I give away all of my possessions and if I hand over my body so that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. I really want this thing to stand up here. It's not standing up. I'm afraid for the houses in the front there. <laughs> if we don't have love, if we don't have love, agape, our Christian lives will never be whole or complete. If we don't have agape, our Christian lives will never be whole or complete. So, so what is agape? You've heard it at wedding after wedding after wedding. But I'm telling you, this is not a wedding text. This is a church text. Paul is writing it to a church saying, this is how you ought to interact with each other. Agape, love, is patient. It is kind. It is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Now, this notion of agape it is so deeply embedded in the Christian identity that when Jesus talks about how stuff is falling apart at the end of the age, Jesus says, because of the increase of lawlessness, the agape, the love of many, will grow cold. Those of you who have sung in choirs, 
probably know this passage by heart, 1 John 4, 7 through 12. When John picks up this theme of the centrality of agape to Christian living, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. Do you want to live in this this life of the Trinity? Do you want to be pulled into this never-ending life of God? God is holy, and without holiness, no one can see the Lord. We see that in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But God is agape, and without this agape love, no one can see God. And God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. I don't know about you, but in the last decade, I have not seen a whole lot of perfect love in our world, in our society. I've seen far more anger and agitation and bitterness than I have seen love. And yet, Jesus says this, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. It's really easy to say, they're awful, we're good. They're completely wrong, and and I'm completely right. There's an us, and, and there's a them, and there's a good, and there's an evil, and we forget that Christ loves us before we ever had a chance to love him. And so Peter picks up on this and says, Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. We have a lot of different opinions within our congregation and among our church family of what should happen next Sunday. There are many different ways that we approach a a given subject, a given theology, a, diff- a given set of ethics. And however we approach it, I hope that we approach it with this sense of love that for others who may feel differently than we do, there is still a patience, a kindness, 
not envious or boastful or arrogant. Folks, there will be no winners. There will be no celebration next week. There will be no clapping from the balcony. Well, we don't have a balcony in here, so obviously that won't happen. There won't be victory laps. Whatever happens a week from today, we had better be accused of being the church, of being Christians, of having love for one another. Because if we don't, we will have missed the mark. And that's actually the definition of sin, is to miss the mark, to aim for something and to to be shot somewhere else. I'm really annoyed by this. This. You know what? There's something missing. Just one piece. Huh. I put the one piece in place. And the scene is set. Your life and my life will fall apart. We'll never be complete. We'll never stand up to the kind of rigorous testing that comes our way just from living in the world if we do not embrace agape. The Eastern Orthodox Church, I love reading Eastern Orthodox theology, I will admit it, says it is through agape that God reels us in and draws us into this center of the life of the Trinity which endures forever and ever. Amen. Is agape the missing piece holding you together? Letting you stand strong? Completing you? These three things remain. Faith, hope, love. And the greatest of these is love. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to pray with me the prayer of confession as we prepare to approach the table today.